I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Now that I've told you, you're welcome to forget it right away and use the space that you have left over to chastise something. doesn't matter what. Hello? Are you listening to me? Everything is amazing. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello! Hello! I'm really sorry. When, you, when Annabelle got here today to record the podcast, I was upstairs, I was on the phone, I came down, you were sat on your own, I don't know how long you've been there for. Oh, not that long, I was late, don't worry. Did you let yourself in? <laughs> yeah, I just, just smashed that the window, <laughs> grabbed the handle, opened the door, got in. Yeah. But my wife was here when you got yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then where did she go? Then she went out. I don't think she's supposed to be anywhere. <laughs> she, was, she, she took your child out. Right, but yeah. I, mean, I thought maybe she would have... Just made small talk with you for a few oh. minutes while I finished up my phone call. Oh, do you think? Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Now, I'm thinking that she had to be somewhere. Now I know that she didn't. I don't think so. Oh. I'm pretty sure not. Was uh, was was my son, hmm. my two-and-a-half-year-old son, Gene, was he watching the television when you arrived? He wasn't, no. He's, he's obsessed at the moment. And, you know, this is down to me. He is obsessed with the Muppets. Yeah. Um, and he, he just wants certain bits of Muppet show or Muppet films over and over again, certain songs. That's that's what he wants. And, um, you know, I'm feeling good about this because the first thing I can really remember loving was the Muppet show. I used to wait for it to come on every Saturday evening. And I think this is great. He's just like me. He's a mini me. And then I'm thinking to myself, am I doing something awful to my son? What about making him too like you? Well, well, that and also sort of force feeding him culture from 40 years ago. Oh, I see. So he'll be like this retro kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, into yeah. Like, like say if we were in as kids into like big band music or something. Well, it, well, it is. If you, if you subtract 40, it'd be like us being forced into stuff from the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, don't, I mean, there wasn't even any television then was there? I don't think. I mean, Bill and Mem was a bit later, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit it? later yeah, than that. Yeah. I mean, it would be dolls made out of clothes pegs <laughs> and b- balls and sticks. That's what I'm going to buy Rudy for Christmas. <laughs> Have I talked on the podcast before about how um, how I'm, I'm kind of find it annoying when people dress their kids up like 1940s evacuees? Uh, you haven't mentioned this before, but yes, I know what you mean. It's a certain type of posh person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they want the kids to look like the railway children. Right, ruffians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any, anyway, um, you know, so I'm, I've got a slight worry about force feeding mm. my son the culture that I grew up on because it's not like I was this um, popular kid. 
because <laughs> um, other things so a bit later I got into Star Wars and I was obsessed by Star Wars and I was obsessed by Doctor Who mm. and then as I got a bit older I was obsessed by The Hobbit and now everybody of my generation talks about how they love those things as a kid and it's really cool to like all those geeky things it wasn't at the time they were things you got bullied for because they weren't football Right, okay. So yeah. you were like the original. You did actually like it. Yeah, I've and got the scars to no. prove it. And other people have, um, you know, uh, culturally appropriated oh. this nerd stuff as they've got older. But that's not what it was like at the time. That must be infuriating. It, it is infuriating. Um, the other thing that I've done in recent days is yesterday I went to a rave. You did not. I did. A children's rave. Yes. I thought, okay, I guess right first time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. My wife bought tickets without consulting me. Right, okay. And is, is she foisting her childhood things onto your child now? <laughs> I don't she, believe she, a she I think it's more of a case that she didn't know what a rave was. Oh. I think it was perhaps more of a British phenomenon than an American <laughs> phenomenon. And she probably thought like rave as in rave on, everyone's having a party. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think a children's rave is that similar to an actual adult's rave. Well, you haven't been to one. Come on. So first off... Um, it was in some warehouse thing. No, it wasn't. It was it down wasn't. a slope underneath a railway. It wasn't. It was. It was. They'd got people in high-vis vests outside like bouncers going through your bag and stuff. No, they didn't. They did. They gave you a glow stick on the way in. They did not. Yes. What about one of those Vicks inhalers? There was no, no Vicks inhalers. There were no kids stripped to the waist on podiums. <laughs> and his thing, when... when it, I got in there. It was like this really well-organised event for children. So they got bubble machines and they were spraying out snow like, you know, like at a phone party at Ibiza. And they got activities for the kids and whatnot. But my, my problem was it was just too reminiscent of miserable times in my 20s going to clubs that I didn't enjoy. Oh, okay. So it smelled like one of those places because oh. presumably in the evening it is one of those places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the, the music... Uh, and I, you know, I like some electronic music, but I really can't be doing with this. Dum, dum, and I sound the old guy. Dum, 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 dum. I mean, it was it was just that constantly. Oh, so they didn't play kids music. No, no, no oh. kids music. It was billed as dubstep and garage. Well, I wouldn't even know. No, well, me, me either. No, I like grime. But... <laughs> I quite like some grime. But... <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... And I found myself so like I never liked going to those clubs in my twenties, mm. but you know people did, so I would go along with people. And what I used to often do was just go and sit on the toilet to pass some time. No, and I found myself at the baby rave, reverting to like twenty-three year old me and sitting on a toilet to pass time. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. So do you want to come to the next one? Nope. Time for a drift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. In whichever order that makes sense to you, you are the one perceiving it in the computer simulation. Um, hi. I had quite a few people say how good the stories were on last week's podcast. They were, weren't it they? Was, yeah, it was a yeah. real vintage episode, mm. I think, last week's uh, in, in terms of the stories and your bits. Never so much in, in terms of mine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, uh, how's it looking this week? Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have an equally good week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the first one's from Protector of the Realm, Sarah Campbell. I thought I would send this hot off the press, or in other words, while I'm still feeling sick and lightheaded at the embarrassment, I'm wondering how I can return to this shop again. 
Today, I was in my local supermarket and I am in and out of there most days. We always need something, it seems. So I was picking up some groceries when I bumped into someone I know slightly at the till. They are a mum of one of my son's school friends. So we had a little chat. It all went quite well. For the context, the mum has a child my son's age, but she also has three older children, all late teens and 20s now. And the woman on the till, who is a slightly older woman, knew her too. And when the mum left, the woman on the till said, oh, I remember when her kids were little. And I said, trying to be friendly and engage in till talk, oh, were your kids the same age? To which she replied, well, mine are a little older. And then I said, oh, yes, I think I know one of them. Is Janet your daughter? And she said, she's my sister and we are only three years apart. Uh. By now, there is a queue of folk at the till, including other parents from my son's school, who can all hear this conversation. And I try and get past this terrible faux pas by saying, oh, yes, oh, well, um, I, I, I knew you were related, but she's still so cross and was carrying on. She didn't have any children. That's why she looks like she does. By now, I should just pay and get out of there. But no, I carry on. I say, hasn't she gone to live in Botswana? And she says, mm, she's gone for 12 months. And I say, oh, do you miss her? Why did I say this? And she says, "Hrumph." And pulls her face. And I shrug and say, siblings. And she says, we're always fighting. So not only have I told her that she looks old enough to be her sister's mum, she doesn't even have a harmonious relationship with her sister. There's obviously already some kind of sibling rivalry, jealousy going on. I still feel mortified now. I think I'll have to stick to the self-service tins from now, tills from now on. It's very good. OK, let's go on to Grand Major Carl. Travelling around the country for work as I do offers plenty of opportunities to experience my own failings and that of others. Luckily, I had the ability to move on quickly and rarely had the need to revisit the scene of a previous mishap, of which there are many. For example, I could never return to that premiere inn where my electric razor went off in my overnight bag as I was trying to check in and the bag gently vibrated across the check-in desk in front of the young receptionist. <laughs> I could never return to that customer who asked me if I'd like a drink, to which I replied that a water would be lovely, only to find that she brought me a clear glass of boiling hot water from the kettle. I had no idea what to say to her. Did she really dislike me that much? Was she intentionally trying to scold me? Or was drinking a glass of boiling hot water perfectly normal in this part of the country? Naturally, I did the only suitable thing a drifter would do, smile politely and say thank you before waiting for it to cool down. And then there was that situation when I replied to an email from a colleague telling him to inform an awkward customer that I had left the country, only to realise that I had copied the customer in. <laughs> I think any job when you're travelling around a lot for your work and meeting loads of people, it's going to offer up so many stories, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. yeah. You know, if you're listening to that and that rings a bell, you think, mm. oh, well, you know, you, you think those those are stories. Wait until you hear what I've got. You I need mean, my the, list. Yeah, this this is very strong. But yes, that it's 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 exactly that. It's where if you are a drifter, mm. but your, your job forces you into meeting a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And this last one is anonymous. It's got a very good first sentence. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I am the daughter of a former UK minister, famous enough that if I told you my maiden name, you would instantly know who I was referring to. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. To the public, my father wasn't the most likeable of politicians. He had to push through some tough, he'd say necessary, legislation, which really made him one of the most disliked ministers at the time. <laughs> I'm married, and so, as I said, my surname has changed, so no one would really think that I could be the daughter of an MP, let alone that minister. Which brings me to the story. 
Just as Dad was getting all the legislation passed, my husband had changed his job and we were invited to a party one of his colleagues was throwing. So that evening we were sat in a living room making general chit-chat and my husband decided to go off to the lavatory. It was during his absence that the conversation turned to the legislation that my dad was pushing through Parliament and as you can imagine they weren't particularly complimentary about the policies or dad making various comments about his looks etc. As you can guess I didn't take the opportunity to defend his policies not wanting to offend the guests and cause problems for my husband in the office the next day and neither did I defend dad or point out that he was dad. (laughs) After a short while, the conversation drifted off to another topic, and that's when my husband returned. Just as he was taking a seat, someone mentioned my father's name, and my husband then decided to reveal one of his interesting facts. Oh, did you know that my wife's father is? I could feel every eye in the room instantly focusing upon me as everyone instantly re-round the conversation of the past 10 minutes to try and remember what they may have just said. (laughs) I made some weak joke about how you can't choose family. I don't think the party ever recovered from that bombshell and people suddenly had a desire to be anywhere but in the room. Not because of who my dad was, but more due to the embarrassment I'd caused them. My husband next day had a trail of colleagues to his office door of people saying how sorry they were for any offence they caused. <laughs> he was quite blasé. McLean, I've heard much worse from his fellow party members. Oh, that is fantastic. Uh, I, I just want to say, Anonymous, that mm. something I am renowned for is my ability to keep a secret. Uh, yep. So if you want to send me an email <laughs> you know with the is. name. We're all dying to know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. desperately. But, I, I, you know, I wouldn't tell Annabelle or, or the other drifters. Okay. Uh, although it is you that checks the email yeah. and you're not great with a secret. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, oh, that was so good. If you uh, have a story that you haven't yet shared with us, please do. I mean, we live for this stuff. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Soon people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. It's a good job we can edit this podcast. Mm, yeah. Because the amount of time I just spent trying to Google... <laughs> We're such terrible people. Who Anon is. We are terrible people. Uh, Annabelle, what is uh, what is your story about this week? Okay, it's saying the wrong thing and writing the wrong thing. Okay. The first one is recent and brief and painful. So <clears throat> most days I'm the one that takes the dog for a walk. Rusty Scruff, Teddy Bear King, he's firm but fair. Mm. It was really annoying recently because on one of the very rare days when Tom took him, he saw a swan from the local ponds, which had obviously decided to expand its horizons and see what life was like elsewhere, being escorted along the pavement of a busy road, 10 minutes away by two policemen, one either side as it waddled along. Wow. I'm so jealous that he saw that. I was gutted to and miss And the policemen that. hadn't cuffed it. <laughs> They were just escorting it one either side. Wow. Heading it back to the ponds. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. So it's nearly always me that takes the dog for a walk. And I always take the baby too. I try and combine it, combine it with nap time. I put a podcast on. You know, it's a nice, relaxing mm. bit of the day. And what I do is I tie Rusty's lead to the pram with as much length as possible so we can have a good sniff around him. And this makes it easier for me to take both the baby and the dog. But it does mean that when I'm on the streets, I'm taking up quite a lot of room on the pavement. If I were a vehicle on the road, I might be classed as an abnormal load. (laughs) So I was heading home recently and I was in a bit of a rush. I can't remember why, but I had to get back. And there were two women ahead of me walking really slowly and I couldn't get around them. I couldn't get past them. So all I needed to do was say, oh, excuse me. They would have stood to one side and I could have gone past. But I felt the need to somehow explain that I couldn't just go around them when there was some space as it was me, the pram and the dog. So I said, excuse me, wide load. And as I said that... (laughs) 
they both turned around and one of the ladies looked really hurt. And I realised that she, as a slightly wider than average person herself, had thought I meant her when I said, excuse me, wide load. So so she put a, a comma in or an emphasis in her mind that wasn't there in yours. Exactly. And I really don't think that explaining could have helped that situation. Like, what if I said, oh, I didn't mean you? And she said, well, I didn't think you did. And then I let her paranoid. Like, (laughs) I couldn't think of an easy way out of this. So I just looked pained and carried on walking and hated myself. I mean, I, I could you, you just say as you're passing, sorry, I take up so much room on the pavement. I oh, I should have, I should have emphasised it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I should have done. Yeah. But in the moment, you're no, so I know, horrified, I know, you I know, freeze. I okay, the second one is from ages ago. We're going back to my university days again. So in my third year, I worked in a pub, the Philosopher and Firkin in Oxford, if anyone's interested. Firkin pubs? <laughs> yes, I've forgotten about those. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was only open for four years. It didn't last very long, Firkin mm. pubs. I did three or four shifts a week and it was all students working there, mostly like me from the Polytechnic. And the only non-student was the manager, Steve. And I got on really well with him. And when I discovered that his mum and dad had the same names as my mum and dad, Robin and Jenny... I decided that we were destined to be together. (laughs) Before you mock me, I've had long-term relationships for lesser reasons. (laughs) But we didn't want anyone to know about our workplace romance because he didn't want to be accused of never making me empty the ashtrays with a little paintbrush like we had to because we were romantically involved. So we kept it a secret in that we thought we were being really discreet and nobody knew. Another bit of background, as you can tell by the fact that there were ashtrays in the pub, this was way before mobile phones and emails were commonly used. Mm. Like Some students didn't even have a landline. So the way it worked, the way that the shifts were worked out for the week was that there was a big board outside the staff room and he'd write on it what days you could do the following week and then a rotor was put up for you to check. So I came in one day and there was a lot of sniggering that appeared to be triggered by my appearance. And it very quickly emerged, as they weren't going to waste any mocking time, was that while I'd planned to write on the board, can I do Wednesday night, Thursday day, Saturday day and Sunday night? I'd actually written in this message to the manager, can I do you on Wednesday night, Thursday day, (laughs) Saturday day and Sunday night? If Freud were alive when I'd written this, he'd invent a new turn to replace Freudian slip, like the Freudian plummet from a great height, <laughs> resulting in catastrophic injuries. I don't understand how I could have written that, like how anything could have distracted me that much. I can't even see how if while I was writing, an umpar band comprised entirely of piglets led by John Travolta walking past, how even that could have distracted me enough to write, can I do you? <laughs> Also, can I do you? Like, that's not how I talk. At the very most, it would just be a, okay, well, if you must administer the unpleasantness. <laughs> As it was, everyone knew about us and knew we were trying to keep it a secret, which just made them enjoy my Freudian plummet even more. <laughs> so thank goodness for emails and mobile phones, because like, no one ever makes a mistake on those. This is warm and friendly and you like it. And that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play after all with your thumb. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. Have there been any more suggestions on what we should do for our Patreon Christmas party for our Patreon patrons? Oh, no, I think the last one I saw was the uh, the commentary on the Partners podcast. Has there been any since then? I don't think so. I think, think we should so. definitely do that, but yeah. I'm not sure it's the Christmas thing. It doesn't feel festive in a way. Uh, we want to do something Christmassy. And, and we, we, yeah, do, yeah. we do owe our patrons a video. Yeah. So I think, what about if we pledge once the Christmas tree is up in my house, then we will do a video in front of it. Okay. We'll rock around the Christmas tree. Any more further plans, ideas? No. No, no, no. Talking, no. But, you know, uh, we've got a couple of weeks yet. No. Oh, right. So there's going to be a few weeks for the, tr- the tree up. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be 
few weeks. So mm. we're recording this on the 3rd of... December. December. I don't know about you, but I th- I'm not talking about shops here because it's a, you know, a, a trite observation, but mm. I think people are getting their Christmas trees earlier this year than I've ever known them to. Oh. So I've seen multiple pictures on social media of people with Christmas trees up in their house while it's still November. And no. I don't... Yeah, because if you think about it, Saturday was the 1st of December. I definitely saw some pictures last week. Oh, that is too early. And first, it's, I think it has to be December. I can accept 1st of December. That's fine. But and don't get me wrong, I, like, I love having the Christmas decorations up, mm. but my big fear is that all the needles will have dropped and it'll be dead on Christmas Day and it'll be really bleak. <laughs> it would be a bit bleak, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, let's have a look here. I think we might get the tree the day after we do the podcast next week, which okay. means we would re- do the Christmas video for mm-hmm. our patrons mm. sometime in the week commencing the 17th, which is the week before Christmas. That feels great. about right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, great. So what should we do on that video? I mean, mm. if if... If you don't want to make a suggestion, I'm sure we'll think something up Mm-mm. out of desperation. But if there's anything you would particularly like, if there mm. are... I mean, I'm seeing you and me in front of the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. We're each wearing a Santa hat. Mm-hmm. We've got a sack. And then maybe in the sack are baubles mm. uh, or, or some kind of Christmassy object taped to which are questions or suggestions from listeners. Okay. And we read and react to them. Fine. How does that sound? I think that's a very good start, yeah. But what should those questions and suggestions mm. be about? Okay. Or are they, you know, are they... Christmas messages, like when Noel Edmonds used to be on the TV on Christmas morning giving out messages to people serving in the forces overseas. So we can have a message, say, for your sister who never listens to this podcast. Exactly, yeah. Look at this, Here are some people you don't know in someone's front room. (laughs) Like, for some reason, they've taped things onto baubles. But Sharon, they've got a podcast. What's a podcast? Is that like a blog? All right, all right, all right. Okay, that wasn't a good idea. (laughs) So uh, that's, that's what we're thinking of. Something for Christmas for our Patreon subscribers. If you don't support us on Patreon, we'd love it if you do. If you do, also, I just wanted to say, I looked, um, you can see a graph of, you know, whether people are supporting or not supporting over time because some people support for a little while and mm. then they, they can't afford it anymore for a bit and, or, you know, they feel they're done with it or whatever. And I noticed that last Christmas and in January, like quite a few people stopped Mm. their Patreon support. And I just want to say, why would you do that to us at this time? <laughs> of the- no, what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say was if you know, don't feel beholden to us uh, yeah. at this time of year, especially. Mm. You know, if you want to stop it for a few months or you think you've done enough, that's fine. Mm. But if you do enjoy the podcast and you think, I want to show my appreciation somehow, I want to get this extra stuff, then you can support us at patreon.com stroke adrift now on that uh as i was looking at all this stuff i I, I looked at because you can if you leave you can do what they call an exit survey Mm. and tell us why you're not supporting us on patreon anymore and most people select from a drop down which has things like my financial circumstances have changed Mm, yeah however you do get the opportunity to leave a comment as well Mm, mm. and you know all all the comments almost without exception were perfectly reasonable Mm. although i did see this one go on so it was, I just really dislike Jeff. I don't like him as a person. Oh, that's me. <laughs> really? So Aww. what confuses me about that? I mean, I understand that people don't like me as a person. That's, that's something like, I've encountered in life. But what I don't understand is somebody subscribed to the podcast for free yeah. and they thought, I'm enjoying this so much, I'd like to show my support. What I'm not enjoying is, Jeff, I inherently dislike him as a person, but I can put that to one side because, after all, he is only about 50% of the podcast. 
and 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 and, and contribute my two American dollars a month. But then it got to a point where I said, no, enough is enough. I can't live with it's it anymore. It's very strange. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah. I understand why somebody wouldn't listen to the podcast yeah, or support yeah, it in the yeah. first place. But I don't I mean, I don't think I've got any worse. I think I'm just the same <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that tickled me. I, I don't know if that sounded like I'm more sort of upset by it than I am. I just found it funny, okay. just in case anybody th- thinks uh, they need to rush to my defence well, or something. You're the one's laughing because you got $2 off them. <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, we appreciate it enormously. It's patreon.com stroke adrift. When you stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Oh, touch it. Touch it. Gonna move on to the incident now and um Here's the thing I've noticed on this week's episode so far. I seem to have talked quite a lot uh, about being a parent. Okay, you know, well. I talked about the Muppet thing at the beginning and I talked about going to the baby rave. Now, in my defence, so so I'm always, the reason I mention this is I'm always paranoid that people will think it's boring if you're going on about your, your mm, kid, which yeah. I think it generally is. But I'm not going on about my kid, I'm going on about the fact that I'm foisting 1970s and 80s culture on my child mm. and that I um, went to a rave and it was just like raves were in my 20s. Yeah. I think that, you know, the, the, the fact that I'm a dad is just a prop in that story. Yeah. And I hope you will indulge me because I think this story is similar, which will okay. lead into this week's incident. Okay. So uh, we went to, before the baby rave, we went to our local primary school's school fair yesterday. Oh. And my wife had dressed my son in a, a Christmas reindeer jumper. He looked very cute. Mm. So I, t- I took a couple of photos and there was one which I just thought caught something different in him to usual pictures in, in a good way. I thought he looks really good in it. So I thought um, I, I, w- I want to uh, – no, I would never put pictures of my kid up on Instagram or anything, but like share it with my mum and dad and mm. Sarah's mum and dad and so on. So that's the picture. Can you see it? Oh, yeah, it's a nice picture, lovely, right? Lovely, yeah. Have a closer look. Maybe you want to zoom in on the mouth stroke chin area. Oh, <laughs> it's got a huge bit of dribble coming out of yeah, his mouth. Yeah, it's like all this yeah. drool dripping oh. out of his mouth, all the way down his chin onto his jumper. And and this is frustrating to me because it's otherwise such a nice picture. Mm-hmm. So I, I texted a friend of mine who's good at Photoshop mm-hmm. and said, would you be able to Photoshop some drool out of a photo and right. they texted back yeah I think I think so send me the picture I tell my wife this and she is horrified <laughs> that I would photoshop a picture of our son she says do you not know that Kim Kardashian was criticised for photoshopping pictures of her children recently I didn't know that it's part of culture that I don't engage with mm. um, but I, t- I now don't know if I'm a good person or a bad person is it okay to photoshop pictures it's not like I'm making him thinner <laughs> Or changing his eye colour or something. Oh, they would look good with sort of turquoisey blue eyes, I think. Um, so what, what is the etiquette of this? Is it okay or not? I find out in this week's The Incident. Hattie Ashdown is a comedian who also runs comedy shows called Screaming with Laughter, where parents can turn up with their babies. I figured she'd be a good person to talk to about this. Oh, my God. Do you know what? Before you described it, I was ready to say, you know, yes, it is ethically wrong um, because, you know, kids are kids. 
should see the real. <laughs> you describe it as like, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, if kids are ugly, deal with it. You know, <laughs> the way you've described it so well, I'm like, oh, I know, I know that. I've, I've, I've had exactly the same. And you're like, oh, so, oh, I, I don't think it is. I think if you're like editing out, like dodgy, like I don't know, you know, there's always that photo with like some bloke or woman in the background or something yeah yeah uh, you know and like just peeping up and you're like, oh they look a bit weird um <laughs> like they're gonna steal my child or yeah, i don't yeah. know um or it looks like they've got a penis coming out their head or yes, something yeah. but i think yeah but i think i think a bit of snot or something or spot i think it's fine <laughs> and do, do, I don't know. do you think it would be okay just to sort of sharpen up his cheek cheekbones a bit while i'm doing it <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, why See, that's, not? That's the other side. Because I, I think um, my wife was telling me Kim Kardashian uh, got in trouble somewhat recently. I think she was slightly photoshopping and, um, you know, just tidying up images of her own children for social media. Well, I mean, you've got to get those likes, haven't you? So <laughs> I, I, can, I can imagine you're there with, I mean, it's been ages since I've used Photoshop, but, um, you know, you're there with the pen thing and just you know i just i mean i my child's got quite big ears and right. I, I i mean that's why he's got long hair right and <laughs> if 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 he didn't have long hair then i'm sure i would i mean it goes on so much I, a few years ago you know working at and like i used to do a photography assistant for um people do grad, you know graduation photos mm. and they also did um i'm giving away all these things i shouldn't say now but i don't care they sacked me <laughs> <laughs> um they also did like duke of edinburgh awards and all sorts of weird things anyway, yeah. awards and um yeah there was like this sort of like button that they could press of, of an option that basically like because you know the gown is quite it's quite unflattering the graduation gown isn't yes it? yeah yeah <laughs> and they could basically have it thinned out if they wanted but it was very slyly done it didn't say you know thin out or you know do you want to be a fat graduate or not wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it was very discreet so you know when you were at school would you when you, you knew the school photographer would come and then you get the pictures back would your yeah. parents buy the photos or would they not buy the photos I think my mum did what what I've started doing already, which is yeah, they just couldn't like say no because it's like oh, I've got to have all of them, and um, yeah, and I know there's one actually where I've got a spot in the middle of a forehead of my forehead of a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few foreheads, um, and I bet if my mum had the option, she would have had that spot removed. Yeah, spot yeah. removed. I think what I'm saying is, if you if you find it hard to get a good picture of your child, sod it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. 
in a show called Adrift. I told you where I'm going tonight. You're going out? Where are you going? I am going to... Ready for this? Oh, go on. You, this is not going to be expected at uh, all. Okay. The opera. You are not. Yes. Really? Yeah. What, at the Opera House? At the Coliseum. I'm going to see the English National... The Coliseum? National, the English National Opera. At the Coliseum? At the London Coliseum. Oh, the London Coliseum, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Jetting off. <laughs> so I know this uh, guy who's now in charge of the English National Opera. Oh, wow. And, you know, he is on a mission to show people that uh, opera isn't just for posh people. Well, he is. you. High culture, yeah. yeah. Um, so, he, you know, he said to me, do you, do you want to come along? And I thought, well, I've never done that before. No, I've never done So been. why not? Yeah. And I can't imagine that I'm going to feel comfortable because where do I feel comfortable? What are you going to wear? You're going to wear a suit? I contacted my friend Chris, who is an aficionado of the opera, oh, or yeah. has become so in recent years, yeah, yeah. and I asked him what I should wear. He said, wear what you would wear if you were going to a musical, which I thought was a, a good oh. note. He said, don't wear like a dicky bow or any, anything like that. You, you might know, don't go in, yeah, yeah, okay. in, in, um So I'm, I'm sort of quite excited to do something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and... and so here's, here's the other thing that happened, really, was... So I texted this friend of mine, Chris, who's an opera fan, and I said, I've been invited to the English National Opera. I can go and see any of these shows. Which one would you pick? And he said, go and see La Boheme. It's a great opera, uh, and it's got that famous bit from Pretty Woman in it. And my wife really loves the film Pretty Woman, where they, you know, and they go to the opera in that. Okay. And I thought we could reenact that scene. Right. What Not any of the rest of the film. Yeah. I don't know. There's just a bit of a dialogue. You know, she oh. is this... Rough and ready. Um, do we still say Lady of the Night? Yes. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden she's in this high culture world. And even though she doesn't quite know the appropriate behaviour, mm. she's very moved by the music that she hears and the performance that she sees. Right. So I was, I was thinking that might happen for me. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a bit reverse in this situation. I would be the Lady of the Night because my mm. wife has been to the opera before. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll go and see that. And anyway, then... A couple of days ago, I Googled Labo M Pretty Woman because I wanted to listen to the piece of music so that I'd know it in advance. You know, when you go to a gig, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, listen yeah. to the greatest hits or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it turns out my friend Chris was wrong and that's a completely different opera. It's La Traviata. What? So now I'm going to go and see some bloody opera Ugh. that isn't even in Pretty Ugh. Woman. You don't know any of the songs. <laughs> Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. So, um, I mean, maybe you can shout out and ask for one from La Traviata. You know, like you do yeah. at gigs, you can shout out for songs. Just shout out. Do the Pretty Woman one. <laughs> I'd like some opera things that I've heard on adverts. Right. Do you think there's any chance that they'll do the, the little play opera, whatever it is, then the curtain will come down and they'll do 20 minutes of the best of opera songs from adverts? Because I would love that. Then, I mean, this friend of mine who is now in charge of the English National hmm. Opera, if he's looking to make it more accessible, that's what you should be doing, right? And, and you should help by shouting out at the end. <laughs> yeah. British Airways! <laughs> um Anyway, so so that's what I'm doing tonight, and uh, I'm I'm almost positive I'll have some story or other for next week's adrift. Great, but the opera's like so. I've been given these tickets for free, but then I was googling it, and like loads of the tickets are just twenty quid or something. Oh, yeah, are you getting paid for this? Are you no, really- I'm not. No, no, no. I mean, I'm getting paid in free tickets, but I've not right, agreed right. to mentioning mention it on the podcast. But I'm sort of I'm quite intrigued by the whole thing. I'm, I'm thinking I might go. Yeah. Uh, so so that's that. And then the other thing, and this is sort of a well, it's not sort of a sad thing. It is just a sad thing. I'm going to a funeral on Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and it's my friend Patrick, who I spent a lot of time with in my twenties. He used to 
I mean, he really is the guy who got me hooked on karaoke, which is one of my life's passions. And he was a karaoke DJ in all these pubs around Greater Manchester and uh, and and Cheshire. And it was him and his sidekick, and they'd get up there and they'd sing a few songs. Then you'd put your name in the hat and you'd get drawn out to sing a song. And because I was on local radio at the time, sometimes I'd get to be the celebrity judge at the karaoke competitions way before anything like X Factor oh, right. came yeah, along. Yeah, so yeah. in a way, I invented it, if you ignore all the talent mm. shows that existed prior to that in yeah. the 80s and 70s yeah, and 60s yeah. and yeah. 50s and things. Mm. Um but you know, so so, and and he and his then girlfriend would go on holiday to Spain, and every night they would just go to a karaoke bar and sing karaoke. He was that passionate oh, wow. about it. He also had a passion for uh, novelty songs. Okay. Like he he would write these songs whenever there was a World Cup or a Christmas coming up. When I was on the radio, he would always send me his latest novelty song oh. in his hope of having a Christmas or a World Cup number one. Oh. I'd always say to him, Patrick, I'm. I'm I'm not going to play that. Right. They were never never great. Okay, okay. Uh, if people, Actually, if people remember that I was uh, sort of involved in a novelty song, Meat Pie Sausage Roll, Come On England, Give Us A Goal. Did he write that? He didn't, but he's in oh. the video with me and Pete oh. if people want to look him up. So anyways, just the, the loveliest man, like really corny sense of humour. Every time he would ring me up, he would say... Uh, have you got any gossip, scandal, or outrage? That was his f- first words. Mm. Um, Getting to the, the root of things straight away, I like that. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Cut out the small talk. Yeah, Let's get yeah. to it. And yeah. I think it's good to have a catchphrase as well. Yeah, a bit of structure your conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a lovely man. And so I'm going to the funeral on Friday, and uh, I've, I've been told that because Patrick, you know, he, he was a relatively young man, and he was a you know big fun character that it doesn't he doesn't want it to be morose so he's asked people or you know it's uh, his friend ken who let me know has said like uh, we want people to wear football shirts oh so patrick was this huge manchester city fan okay so this is my dilemma mm. what do i do because i don't own a football shirt mm. now i'm not being a skinflint here it's not like when i get invited to people's weddings and resent having to pay a train ticket hotel and buying a present mm. and it not being a free bar i'm not being like that mm. i'm just saying if you're not a football fan, is it weird to turn up to a funeral in a football shirt? That's a very good question. And more more specifically than that, I would just be picking a team sort of arbitrarily. Yeah. I'd just be picking Patrick's team, Manchester City. Yeah, well, I, yeah. And, and it, would I be a phony to turn up in Manchester City shirt, despite the fact that I've never really supported them? Shall I tell you what I would do? Yes. I would pick that team. I would yeah. buy the shirt. Yeah. Maybe get like one a rip-off one that's cheaper. I thought you were going to say maybe keep the receipt. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. And wear some sort of pads in my armpits so there's no odour on it. <laughs> Is that a thing? Have you ever taken something back to a shop and said, I actually uh, bought this as a present and I didn't really like it? And then the assistant picks it up and sniffs at the armpits. No, I've, I've had them... I mean, where are you shopping? I've had them examine it in real detail, but the, uh, you're right, I've never... I think I have had them sniff it, you know. Really? I do think I have had them sniff it. You're shopping in some classy yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. And then I would, especially because it's December, I'd wear stuff over the top and I would just like maybe open my cardigan a bit like at certain times. So th- this presents a different problem, doesn't yeah, it? Because, yeah. you know, uh, they, they don't want it, his family and friends don't want it to be a stuffy funeral where people are wearing black suits. Yeah, yeah. Which I understand. Yeah. But if you're then not making a deal out of the football shirt... Can you turn up in a cardigan? 
Is oh. that going too far the other way? I would. Okay, this is what I would do. I would have the football shirt and I would have a jumper with me. And when I got there, I would take the jumper off and I would just. And I judge what everyone else was doing, and then I take the jumper off. You, you go with options. You don't think options. there's any chance of playing an elaborate practical joke, <laughs> joke on me? Just to see you. Yeah. It's last wish to see you in a football shirt. I'd love that so much. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With 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 with. Get with it. Adrift. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd. Annabelle Port. Quandary Corner. Mm-hmm. In Problematic. Here we are in my attic. Problematic. At the GLAP Clinic. Jeff Lloyd Annabelle Port yes. Clinic. Yes. Um, I just thought I'd explain some of those for people just in case they uh, they had never sort of put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. I think with GLAP Clinic, pe- people sometimes don't. Well, I think that's fair enough, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, this is where you tell us about a social situation that you found yourself in. And we, we will try and help you with what the rules of behaviour are. It's a restaurant special this week. Okay. The first one's from Natalie Burgess. Firstly, I apologise to any vegetarians, including yourself, Jeff, as this is a meaty question, although I'm sure it could apply to other foods. I was eating a very chewy, overdone steak in a restaurant recently when I suddenly realised that I don't know what the social rules are regarding expelling unpleasant food from your mouth when in company. If I get a chewy, horrible steak, I cannot make myself swallow it, as I fear it might make me sick, so I have to wait until I think nobody is looking and take it out of my mouth and put it back on the side of my plate. However, this looks disgusting, doesn't it? What are the rules? Should I just force myself to swallow it, my eyes watering and me gipping on it? Or is it okay to sip it and spit it into a napkin? Does it depend who you're with or who might see you from the other tables? Also, my nana used to pick up her lamb chops and chew the meat off the bone. Waste not, want not, in that we used to live on rations generation. <laughs> Surely this is a no-no in company nowadays, but sometimes so much meat gets left on the bone, it seems a shame to waste it in these eco-friendly times. Advice, please. Thanks, Natalie Burgess. What was the guy on TV? He was like Bradley Walsh, but he wasn't Bradley Walsh. He used to have a puppet and say, it's a puppet. I don't know. So just just Google it. It it's was it's it catchphrase. Brian Conley. Brian Conley. Okay. Right. Here's what you do. You're in the restaurant with people, <laughs> and you sort of look over their shoulder and go, "Is that Brian Conley over there?" They all turn round to look if it's him, yeah. and you take the food out of your mouth. That's brilliant. Yeah. Has this happened to you before? No. I just you I just thought, thought of it that. then. Yeah. Brilliant. Because he's just sort of like exactly the right person. And would you put it into the napkin or would yeah, you put it yeah, on the plate? Yeah, into the napkin or, or plate as long as you, you know, you uh, have it clearly off to one side. Yeah, flower pot. I love a flower pot. Throw it. Yeah. Uh, squirrelling things inside a bread roll is, is often good. Just your pocket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as the meat on the bone, I mean, I, I do, you know, this is way out of my comfort zone. Mm. I do sometimes hear people say that they want to, you know, eat as much of the carcass as possible out of respect for the animal, which strikes me like a little bit as if, well, if you're respecting it, you probably wouldn't have killed it. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Um, so what, what would you do? Because I, I get this. I would say, oh, is that Brian Connolly? Spit it into a napkin, put the yeah. napkin down. It's, it's perfect. Just you know, cause, cause some kind of diversion. But seeing as that's now the rule, then it has to be someone different. It can't always be Brian Connolly because everyone would be like, oh, she's spitting meat out. She just said there's Brian Connolly. So, so what we need is a, lift, uh, a list of recognisable people mm-hmm. who are just sort of recognisable in enough that it might be plausible that yeah. they would be in anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. I'm very uh, happy with that. Yeah. Let's go on to the next one. This is from Stephen Wayne. 
I have a quandary to run by you that I had to face a couple of Sundays ago and would love to know the definitive rule. I was out with family for a special Sunday lunch. There was myself, my wife, six-year-old son and my parents. On the menu was a very appealing mackerel pâté. I really fancied it, so I asked if anyone was going to have a starter. Everyone said no. I tried to convince my wife to have one, but she refused. I was therefore left with a dilemma. I chose to have the pâté, but I felt really awkward having it as I was the only mm. one eating. I expressed how awkward I felt. My wife reassured me that it was okay, but I still no, wasn't sure. No. Annoyingly, the pâté wasn't that great, mm. and I didn't enjoy it anywhere near as much as I let on. <laughs> mm. Oh, I'm so glad I had this. Yeah, yeah. What should I have done? Was it okay to be the lone starter? Or should I have been polite and not have one, despite really wanting one? Thanks very much. Peace and love, Stephen. The, the only so so you can't be the only person with a starter. No, I'm afraid no, it's it's, it's awful. Appealing. Like it really annoys me when people don't want a starter because mm. I always want a starter, and actually I always want a pudding. Right. So any time I'm saying, "Oh, are we having starters?" Really, what I'm saying is, "Please, can we have starters?" But people don't pick up on my social cue. Right. The thing you can do in that situation. Um, is instead of a main course, you have two starters. If you see something you particularly want yeah, to start if, if, yeah, yeah, I mean, th- then you have to sacrifice whatever it was you were thinking for mm. for the main course. But Ugh. that, you know, that is an option. What about order a starter and a main? Can you bring the starter at the same time as the main? Is that acceptable? It just looks a bit gluttonous. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Tom, very happy to order two mains, by the way. Seriously? Yeah, I think it's an extraordinary thing about him. He doesn't feel embarrassed. If he's, if he's hungry and he sees two things he fancy, he's not embarrassed about ordering two. That's so admirable. Do you think? Yes. Wow. I, I think There it's... was some minister. I don't know if it was our anonymous contributor's dad, <laughs> but there was some minister, who, who, some fat minister who was famous for always ordering two main courses. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. That is, uh, that's uh, that's quite something. But you're not putting anyone else out. In fact, in a way, because he's not going to finish two, you're kind of yeah. helping people because they get to like pick at your stuff. You're well. going to be very judged by the, but you see, I think people around you might get used to it, but sort of <laughs> worry you're on track to an early death. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. I'm sort of basing that on, on my wife and my eating habits. Okay. That's right. often a, a conversation in our house. But uh, I think the people who work in the restaurant are definitely going to judge you, even though they're making more money yeah. off your two st- uh, two main courses. Yeah, yeah. And if you tip on percentages, they're making more money off the tip. So yeah. they should be glad of it, really. But they won't. They'll go right into the kitchen and say, come and look at this guy. He's just ordered two mains. <laughs> Yep, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But Good. He, he doesn't care, I don't think. But yeah, I think we're all agreed that yeah, you can't you can't be the lone starter. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. If you have a quandary, a social situation where you need to know the rules that you'd like addressing in Quandary Corner, then you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. It's the same email address. If uh, if you um, have a story for us, please send us your story. We love them. And same uh, email address as well if you ever want a podication. Mm. 
I, I sometimes wonder if there are people who don't listen as far as the podications. I'm yeah, sure there are. Yeah. Like, this is the end of the show, really. Mm. Then there's a little bit of silence, and then we do the, the, the shout-outs for people who write in. So maybe you don't know about that. Maybe this is news to you. I think of them as a hidden track at the end. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's very much how I think of them. Mm. But anyway, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. Their debut album's a few years old now, but it's a, it's a storming... Do I ever use storming as a, as a descriptor? No, as a I don't think well, it, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a storming album, and I believe they're working on new stuff. Emily Harrison uh, contributed the incidental music during the incident, although I don't think she's working on new stuff. Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't think she's... I just think she's busy and hasn't got time to be sending us new music. Quite right. We're not asking, are we? No, absolutely don't not. don't need it, no. And thanks to the ever-wonderful Hattie Ashdown, the comedy show she does for parents with babies that I mentioned before. They're called Screaming With Laughter. And there is a special one happening at the South Bank Centre in London on Valentine's Day. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are the uh, the voices you hear on our little idents. They made those. Uh, Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu. They set everything up and plugged it in for us. Uh, Carla Gowlett took the nice photo of us in those uh, raincoats. And uh, Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Thank you for downloading. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. If you want to feel a little bit more literally invested in the podcast, you can invest in it a little bit of your money every month. Uh, it's patreon.com stroke adrift. And I just wanted to ask you one question before we uh, finish it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I do you on Wednesday night, <laughs> Thursday day, Saturday day and Sunday night? <laughs> Adrift. Adrift. Podication time. This comes from Rachel Gardner, who says, hello. 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 Please, 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 can I get what I want this time? A podication (laughs) to my one and only Tim Jones. Tim Jones, Tim Jones. His birthday is next Tuesday, and he's recently been nostalgic about having grown up and listened to your shows for 10 years. I think he's keeping track of time using Jeff's change in haircut. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, uh, I had very long hair in 2004. Mm. So, do, do you want the full history? <laughs> no, okay. If it's potted. I think I've sort of had similar hair for about three years Mm-mm. and then it was a bit longer but it's sort just of got shorter and shorter and shorter isn't it yeah yeah i suppose it has this Mine's is my wife the same it has i mean you've mm. you found a look and you stuck with it like robert smith out of the cure yeah not that your hair's like his. no not not really but when when i met my wife she says why why'd you hide your lovely face with all that hair oh so she's she said she was responsible she's encouraged you to go short is she? yeah and i still sort of like intensely dislike my face but i think well if mm. she she prefers my hair like that i mean I, I think i look bad no matter what so why don't i just have it what makes her happy yeah that's that's have the style that makes her happy um another shout out brackets am i allowed to say that depends on how old you are i think mm, yeah but people tend to these days don't they i don't mind um to my wonderful friend Louise, who is an avid drifter, oh. and I know it had really brightened up her shitty drive to hear this. <laughs> oh, Louise! When when you say drive, I take it you mean she she is driving rather than like a driveway. <laughs> uh, yours truly, new convert, Rachel Garden, new convert. Yes! yes, we love those loyal listeners like Tim Jones who've yeah. been with us. You know, for, for a lot of the journey. But, um, you know, it's always exciting to have someone new yeah. too, isn't it? Rachel Gardner. On a side note, I tried to Google image what Rusty Scruff, the teddy bear king, looks like. And following a very cute picture of the man himself, 
is uh, an extreme a series of extremely sad and disturbing infirm teddies. Aww. Not what I was expecting. Well, I did a Google image of him to see what she was talking about. And the pi- the only picture that comes back of Rusty Scruff is the one that we put on Facebook years ago. And for a joke, we pixelated his face. <laughs> so he, he looks like he's got a real like confusing, fuzzy, like not clear face. because we didn't want to invade his privacy, yeah, like yeah. Kate Moss and, and her daughter. When... But I think there's some pictures on our Facebook page of him, aren't there? Yeah, go to our Facebook page. Mm. We must, uh, must do a bit more with that. Yes, yeah. Uh, and this comes from Lisa and Graham and Douglas and Scott in Stockholm. My favourite. No. Um, I'm not favourite, I mean my favourite city. I really like uh, Lisa, Graham, Douglas and Scott, of course, <laughs> but you know, I try not to have favourites yeah. amongst listeners. But, yeah. you know, I'm a big Swedophile, as, as you'll know, probably. Uh, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. hi. I've got something embarrassing to admit. Oh, go on. That said, hi, Annabelle and Jeff. And just oh, without thinking, I switched it around it again. Round Sorry. Hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. Hi. We would like to ask for a podication for our son, Douglas, who, although we realise has been beaten in the competition of youngest drifter, is still up there, brackets down there, with the young crowd with his soon-to-be 11 years. He loves listening to the stories and has heard all of the episodes. Douglas, great. The youth wing, the drifter's youth wing. Uh, For his birthday, we made him a Patreon. Oh, that's so nice. So if Annabelle has time, a title would be a fantastic present his birthday is on the 5th of december so a podication on that day would be an absolute dream although anytime you can manage it would be fantastic anyway well this will come out on the 5th won't it yes and he and he's got his title now so okay yeah, yeah, yeah. um best wishes from our family of drifters lisa graham douglas and scott in stockholm and, and there we go those are this week's podications um that lot douglas happy birthday 11 and that's a that's a that's a changing point, isn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. Think, do you go to big school at eleven? You do. It's the same in Sweden. I'm not um, quite hmm. sure. Um, and uh, it's from Rachel Gardner to both uh, um, Louise with the miserable drives. <laughs> I, I changed. I just got rid of the swear word because I realised Douglas was listening. Oh yeah, Douglas. And uh, and Tim Jones. And there we go. If you would like a publication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. 
code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.